When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Can I say something real quick, Max? Go. Oh. You know what's so funny? It's um, certain names, no matter what the nuances are, people don't want to hear it. So, like, whenever you say the name Kyrie Irving, there are going to be people that are going to say, like, I'll give you one example. Bad guy. At Legal Shield Rob on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Max Kellerman, sorry, but I got to turn you guys off, Key J and Max. Can't take another minute of Real J. Williams and Keyshawn taking up for his Duke buddy, Kyrie. The guy is a cancer to every team he goes to. I didn't go to Duke. That's not my Duke buddy. Well, I'm just saying, like, how people, they hear a name and they hear a theme and it doesn't matter what actually occurs, he's the reason why. Yeah. yeah. And that's what yeah. people do. He's well, the reason why, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. yeah. No matter what. And, 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 and when we <coughs> – Last segment, we were having this conversation. And, in the, in, you know, like I said, Luca goes to the press conference. He's not happy. The first thing people says is Kyrie. Kyrie. Right. Oh, yeah. my God. It's Kyrie. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Kyrie ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't got nothing to do with it. They've been together 15 games. But then everybody points back to what he did in Cleveland. What did he do in Cleveland? Him and LeBron didn't get along. What he's supposed to do? He's supposed to walk around like a puppy for LeBron? No, he's grown too. So he felt I needed to get out of there. Then at the end, he makes a, a, a switch to Boston. Well, I kind of want to be here. I don't want to be here. Well, I'm going to leave. I'm out. Peace. Get, I'm done. Then he goes to Brooklyn. It falls apart. All sorts of things in the world is happening. He wants to take a stand on certain issues. He decides that's what he wants to do. They, they're, they're hurt. Harden's hurt. KD's hurt. He leaves. Boom. We know the backstory to all of those sort of things. We know what happened with the owner and Joe Side. We got that. He moves on to Dallas. He's playing, playing fine. But then Luca's not playing great, and they're losing. What you're doing see, is see, not right now. Like, I, 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 I don't it's resolve. I, I, I think there's been. I, I, I've took a firm stand on some things that I've agreed with Kyrie on and how he's been treated. There's some things I very much disagree. Uh, it's funny. I got. I've gotten labeled as like a Kyrie Irving apologist, even though I don't like sometimes the way he talks to the media. I think there's a contentious relationship with the media. I don't think Kyrie Irving helps himself sometimes in how he communicates to the media. Uh, I also, there's a. Other things I've disagreed with what Ky- what's happened to Kyrie um, and what he's done to himself, frankly. It hasn't just been all Jays, you know, all for Kyrie. I just think in this particular situation, once again, it's a low-hanging fruit just to point the finger at Kyrie when it's been 15 games. I know, but you got l- – l- let, me, let me answer some of this. First of all, Key, you went through a whole bunch of scenarios, but you could s- – but, like, that doesn't mean that, oh, therefore, he did what he was supposed to do in that place. For example – they were losing all the time in Cleveland, but they had a bad team. LeBron shows up. They're a powerhouse. They win a championship. You know, when LeBron leaves, it all falls apart. Kyrie goes to Boston. Boston's record, you can look it up, should be better with Kyrie than without him. When he's playing, they ought to be better than when he's not playing because he's incredible. There were some challenges with but him, they're not. Leading, him learning how to lead a team. He I get, stated but, that. But the lead fit in, I'm not making an excuse. I'm actually giving accountability for what sure, your point sure. is around I'm just that. saying, like, what you observe is Boston – over a fairly large sample size, 
was not better with Kyrie than without him. Now, remember, it's not like they're trading him for someone when he's hurt or off the, off the court. They're simply taking him off the court, and they're not any worse. So th- that does not add up because he's inc- – put your eyes on him. He's incredible, right? B- Brooklyn, it doesn't work out. You could say, well, because things were going on in the world, he took – fine, but it still didn't work out. Now he's in Dallas. So what I'm saying is, does it mean it's all Kyrie's fault? No. However, the reason I'm looking at Kyrie is because his level of play – demands that he become a character in sports that we all pay attention to. Now we're going to see what happens. When you show up in a place, does it get better or worse? Does it stay the same, right? Too often, it has not worked out. And so whether it's fair or not, if you just took the Mavs in a vacuum, because they can't play defense. They had to sacrifice depth in order to get him. Luka is too ball dominant. Like, he's too much like Harden used to be. All those kind of things. But the fact is we're seeing... Is this going to get better or worse or the same with Kyrie? But these 15 games, are you saying that is a large enough sample size for you to tack on to the other themes that have been associated with him? That, I guess that's the problem, right? It's like, it's are you willing to say enough, this? this I, that, that's exactly my point, though, Key, right? I, and I, I guess that's the point. It's not that, large enough, but exactly. Jay, if he never played another game for the Mavs, it would, it would enter into the negative you're right. evidence, you're right? right? You're so, right about but, but I hear you. It's not but like it's you only can gonna, look it's at it. It's only going to enter in the negative evidence, Max. Is because people want to put it there. You got it. It, it drives me. It, but some it drives do. me crazy. Some it yeah, drives me crazy though when people don't look at everything. They just like Jay say. They just look at the name. It is Kyrie. Got to look at everything, man. You got to look at the fact that they don't play defense. Just like you just said, they traded away pieces. They let okay. Bronson walk they, for nothing. They let, yeah. they let somebody walk for nothing, and Bronson goes to the Knicks for a little bit more money. So, okay, so what about Cuban? I brought this up earlier, oh, guys. Man. Where do you come down on this? I'm looking at Kyrie, the other, and I'm looking at two other pieces. I'm looking at Luka. Hey, Luka, as incredible as you are, and every year we think you're going to win the MVP since you're like 12, the fact is you do play, you, do, you are so ball dominant that – you know, there's five seconds left on the clock, and now, guy, you know, just because you have a lot of assists doesn't mean you're actually helping the offense. There's that, and I'm looking, but but Luca did take a team to the to the conference finals. That's a lot, you know. And but by the Cuban, way, I think it is. I think we deserve with what we've seen him do in New York now to say Luca and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, took a team right. to the Western Conference Br- Finals. No, Brunson's looking because it's like the Luka's best name is like this. oh his yeah. name is always at the top. But I said it. You go back on the show. When they got Jalen Brunson, I said, yo, this is going to be a great move for the culture of that franchise because this dude is a winner. No question. He's a winner. There's no question. Brunson is looking like a billion dollars right now. But, guys, where are you on the Cuban of it all? I'm reminded of the Steve Nash thing. He was penny wise and pound foolish. Well, Nash is getting little. I don't want to pay him the money. Let him walk. Goes to Phoenix. They could have had Nash and, and, and Dirk for years and years and years. Why do they only have one title under Cuban? I mean, one is better than none, but same thing with Brunson. Let him walk just for the money, get nothing back from him, have to make a kind of desperation move to trade for – how much are you looking at Cuban? See, I, I, I don't know, Jay. You, you would have to bring me in a little closer to it because everything that I – from what I know, Nico, and from what I knew, Nelson, they was the ones making all the decisions. Cuban's obviously the owner – but he wasn't necessarily making basketball decisions. He's making money decisions. But you could tell me other, other. you know, you could tell me different. Yeah, to, to think that Mark Cuban isn't involved in the basketball decisions. I mean, he's – Mark Cuban is involved. He, he is very much involved. It's Him and Jerry Jones, to me, are so similar. Mm. 
I, I, both of these polarizing personalities, like I said the other day in the game last week where he's at the, um, the scorer's table, you know, debating with the guys <laughs> on air while they're live yeah. on TV during the game about whether uh, what happened with the whole, you know, call out of bounds with the Golden State Warriors and that whole play. Yeah, that was a, that was a bit much. Uh, but it, this thing, the, the, here's a challenge, I think, for Mark, whenever you make a move with where Kyrie Irving was at his career. Everybody knows the talent on the court, but the heat was already on the Dallas Mavericks as it relates to does Luka Doncic want to stay here when a team has gotten to the Western Conference Finals? Like, what helps him get over the hump? Maybe he wants right? to join Brunson. So the noise was already extremely loud around this team. Now when you bring Kyrie to the table, for good or for, be- for, for, good or for worse, the noise gets notched up another level. Yeah, he's one of the char- – there aren't that many characters in sports we actually follow. Kyrie is one of them. And regardless of whether what, you like it or dozen, not. a dozen, two dozen p- 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 characters that we actually care about. Regardless of, of the reason – when Luca goes to the scorer's table and says, or the post-presser and says, I'm not happy, I'm not having joy, yeah. I, now you're managing that because he didn't really give reasons why. People are going to tie it to Kyrie. It makes it a bigger issue. So the question for this team is, look, they don't have the pieces to get to the Western Conference. I, I don't believe it. Even, even with, I've said this before. Oh, even, no. Even with the Western no. Conference being up in the air. Hey, Ernesto in all. South Carolina has something to say. What's up, Ernesto? How you doing, guys? What's up, Ernesto? Shift change. Right, um, Go ahead. There's, a certain, there's certain things. Uh, I was looking at the replay video of the call we were talking about earlier in regards to San Diego State. Mm-hmm. I personally, I, I officiate at the high school level. And some of the things that I look at is he in a legal guarding position. And what I saw from there, that was more from behind, more so the side. He was not in a legal guarding position. Right. And I understand that we don't like to make the signing calls. The, the player was an airborne shooter, hands on the body. The defender's momentum was going uh, towards his back, in my opinion, and slightly in an angle. And that could be a dangerous play from behind. Well, the main thing so is he was, he got, he was behind him. Right. So with his momentum of the, play, of the defender – an airborne shooter, that could be a dangerous play. So my mentality is he's not in a defensive position. I understand that the game is tied and it's costly. I got a foul because um, it could be dangerous. I got to look at first at the safety of the player before I make that call, too. What's, the, what, what's dangerous about that? that, that, that the last, play, play, the last, dangerous, the last clip about we just play? showed that's not, shows that's not you dangerous at all. But it shows you the push-off. If we go back to the second-to-last image you saw on the clip we just played on ESPN2 – Jay, at the point of when you say it didn't affect him at all, right here, watch. Shove off. I mean, absolutely it affected it. It affected it. Yeah, it affected it. It's a foul. I mean, he's behind the place, not right. See, look, right here, watch. There's the little shove. It affected it. That's why he fell in that direction. Yeah, look at, look sure. at, his, left, look at his left arm on the backside jersey pulling uh, yeah, it down. I, yep. I mean, that's I mean, a foul. And, and, the knee, and the knee is kind of, you know. You see where the knee is at, Jay. I'm just going to let you guys know from an acting pr- perspective, whenever a player is on my hip, you could just tell when he short arms it, he takes that floater right. Most of the time when you shoot a floater, you follow through in your floater. As soon as I feel any contact, I short arm it, I lean to the side. Well, I'm going to try and get the call too, for sure. I'm not knocking him for getting the call. I'm not even arguing with you guys that it's a foul. The question is, if you've Look, been allowed Jay, to play Hooper, that I understand way the exactly game, what you're saying, though. you've been allowed to play in an aggressive manner the whole game. When it comes down to the end, all of a sudden now you make that call, 
I question that. We're obviously talking about the last play or the, or the, the foul call at the end of the San Diego State-Creighton game, right? Um, <laughs> do fans want the refs to decide in What's the up, game man? even if the call is As right? a hooper, I'm no, telling hooper. you, Jay, I get it. I, yeah. I know you do. As a hooper, he gets it. <laughs> As the owners' meeting uh, meetings kick off today, hey. will one owner, Look at Phoenix, the spark on keys out. Robert Kraft, <laughs> Put his head coach, the supposed undisputed GOAT coach, on notice. KJM. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Field Yates, ESPN NFL Insider. I didn't know you and our very own Alan Yates were cousins. Look First at this. cousins. Yep, you couldn't tell. Cousins. What gave it away? Cousin Yates. How, what do you think about the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't a Jet yet? Well, I think it's it's frustrating, and I don't mean that as somebody on the reporter side. I'm just saying like an observer of football, right? Because we know what the conclusion's going to be, and I'm not a native New Yorker. I do not live in New York, but I empathize with the likes of Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini, who are closer to this great city of New York, who are asked about it everywhere they go, right? I've been with Schefter, and he has sat there opposite of me for like 10 minutes, and in that 10-minute time stretch, since Aaron Rodgers made his intentions known, uh, and to this day, he'll get like 15 to 20 texts from friends saying, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I think the reality with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets is that there is one obvious drop-dead last deadline available, which is the beginning of the NFL regular season, because obviously that's when the games actually begin. That being said, it's going to happen before then, but right now, even though every minute that passes by feels like an hour to those of us waiting for it, there's not a specific rush that the Jets and Packers are in, I suppose, until we get to the NFL draft. Because if you're Green Bay, knowing you're going to be trading away a four-time MVP, you may well be incentivized to add draft capital this year to not replace that quarterback, as Jordan Love is waiting in the wings, but to add to your roster elsewhere. If you want to improve your wide receiver, if you want to improve your pass rush, What's the best way to do that? The NFL draft, and you certainly have your eyes on that Jets number 13 overall pick. And that's the same thing goes for the Jets as well, Phil, right? Yes, uh, Same thing, the Jets got to worry about if if this deal doesn't for some reason happen around draft time and they got players out there that they want to draft and 
they can't draft them because they're sitting around waiting on the Green Bay Packers to make some decisions on what they want to do. It, it screws up both screws up both teams as far as I can see. Well, in some ways, Key, I actually think the Jets have no problem if this goes beyond the draft. So before the draft begins, like uh, 10 or so days before the NFL draft begins, teams begin their offseason workout programs, which is just lifting weights for the first few weeks. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is missing anything that he hasn't done plenty of times before, and there's no real football side of that other than just a little bit of camaraderie built. But if you're the Jets and this draft goes by and you have not made that trade with Green Bay, you're strengthening your roster, right? Because you're going to end up acquiring Aaron Rodgers, most likely for 2024 draft capital. But that means you have pick number 13, which they currently own. They now have picks number 42 and 43. They got pick number 43 in that trade with Cleveland uh, for Elijah Moore last week. So all of a sudden, the Jets are saying, well, if we want to be all in, the best way for us to be all in is have all of our draft capital still available for this year. Does that mean that the price goes up in terms of where, like for next year? So if it was a second, it becomes a first, et cetera? I think the Packers will continue to argue that a first round pick is the floor for Aaron Rodgers. A four time MVP, right? I mean, this two years, like imagine if I just. 100 years old, though, Phil. I'm not giving him. I'm not giving them a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. And then what happens? What, so to what play happens? for one season. And well, then what happens if they if a team doesn't come to the table and say like, "What are you just going to sit on that and eat that salary?" So this is the. I mean, it's going to get done one way or the other. Right. But that's. But these are these are the sort of questions that the Jets in their game of chicken are saying are asking to the Packers. You, you don't want to. You won't do it for a one. But Fine. my question is, take them back. What happens then? My question is, they're not going to get the thirteenth pick. I mean, obviously, like that's. That, so, I don't think. I mean, the Packers would certainly think they will. The Jets, but they, but, but they I'm will. telling the Packers now, you're not going to get the thirteenth pick. So let's. No, let's, not let's happening. Like, everyone Kick knows rocks. that except yeah. apparently the Packers, right? Right. Because everyone has the same amount of leverage. It cancels. Like no one actually has leverage when everyone has. I would some argue leverage. that as well. By right. the way, people keep asking who has more leverage. They both have leverage in different ways. Right. So, so what I'm asking though from before, what you said was interesting. For the Jets, if it goes to the 2024 draft, they're more all-in for this potentially only season they have, Rodgers. Yeah. Who knows, right? So does that mean that whatever the package would be in draft compensation this year, yep. let's say a second and a third, if you push it a year, yep. it becomes a first and a second? In other words, might the Packers also be better off taking that deal? They might, and here's the other reason why, is that the Jets are going to believe that their draft picks next year are going to be going inferior to, be to their draft picks this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah. first-round pick this year is 13th. It might be 31st next year if things yeah. go how the Jets envision a key. But beyond that is the further away you are from the draft, the more likely you are and comfortable you're going to part yep. with picks, right? It's it, That might be somebody else's problem. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are probably sitting there saying to themselves, of course we'd love to get Aaron Rodgers for like a seventh-round pick, but that's not going to happen. But if we have to give 2024 picks, we'll worry about 2024 and 2024. We're now focused in on finding a way to make the playoffs and make a deep run with Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP. is going to infuse us with more excitement and buzz and stability and upside than any quarterback has since Joe Namath. That's the focus for the Jets right now. And Also, if you do push it out to 2024, one of the things that I do think becomes sort of interesting is the idea of a conditional pick. And, Mm. you know, the NBA, there's always lottery protection. There's pick swaps. We don't really have a ton of conditional picks that are involved in trades in the NFL at the highest levels. You see, like, you know, a a seventh-round pick that could become a sixth-round pick if a guy plays at least 50% of the snaps. That could be interesting, though. If you're the Jets and you say to the Packers, all right, we're not going to get anything done this year. We value 13 too much, and you won't do it just for a second-round pick or two second-round picks. What if we say to you, hey, 2024 is on the table. 
our 2024 second round pick is available to you. If it becomes, if we make the playoffs, it's it's a first round pick. Or if we win the playoff, if we make the playoffs and we win the Super Bowl, it's a first and a third. The round. Mike Tannenbaum, mm-hmm. Brett Favre structure. Yes. And, yeah. and and I know that people and and Tannenbaum did that with Favre in 2008. Um, the picks the picks were so much less significant. It was like a fourth that became a third, something like that. Right? It was not um, nearly this impactful. But there are ways to get creative and. I know when people hear about the salary cap at the NFL, their first thought is it's fake, and that's that's not true. We can hold, we could do a whole show on why it isn't. But um, one thing to be mindful of, as far as deadlines are concerned, and this is going yeah, to it's, fa- it's fake, Phil. It, salary cap fake. fake, Keith. They yeah, probably, kick the can down the road. Got paid does not mean it was fake. Uh, <laughs> it's but fake. <laughs> and if the if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers before June first, they're taking a forty million dollar dead cap hit on their cap. They forty million that. bucks. That's allocated to Aaron Rodgers playing for the Jets. <laughs> they ain't doing that. Yeah. Hey, but, Max. Well, hold on, but if they, if they do it after that key, here's what gets interesting. They do it on June 2nd. Even if it's June 2nd at, at 12.01 a.m., that $40 million is split up. $16 million hits the cap this year, and $24 million hits the cap next year. So you're paying the price more in 2024, but all of a sudden you got $24 million more to play with this year. And if you're Green Bay, and again, the Packers don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers and then and, and face plant. They don't want to go 5-12 and, and 12 this year, right? They, they are making this move because they believe their franchise can be better off in the long run for it, like they did when they traded away Brett Favre and replaced him with Aaron Rodgers. If you have $24 million bucks to spend, $24 million more than you currently would have if you traded Aaron Rodgers before June 2nd, that might be incentivizing to Green Bay. That could be a free agent addition during training camp. It could be an in-season trade. Uh, if nothing else, it's flexibility. Hey, Max, you. I'm going to give you the honors of doing this. Ask him about Belichick, man. So the Patriots <laughs> have their longest odds under Bill Belichick yeah. to win the Super Bowl. Belichick is entering his 10th season without Tom Brady as a starter when you add up the Cleveland years. He has yeah. one playoff win in those years, yeah. right? Um, how much blame does he deserve? He buys the groceries. He yeah. cooks the groceries. At this point for the Patriots' struggles, Field it's a, it's such an inter- It is an interesting question. I'm glad the key uh, brought it up because uh, there's no two ways about it. Someone who grew up in that area and still lives in Connecticut, well, we're, we're split down the middle. It's Patriots country. It's, I guess it's sort of a third, a third, and a third. There's a lot of Giants fans, lots of Jets fans as well. Like You hear the angst and, and agony amongst Patriots fans right now. And I think sometimes what happens to me when you sort of follow all 32 is you take a step back and you're like, all right, things went – as poor as they could possibly go last year. They were like 4-13, and 5-12, and 12, or 8-9, and nine, right? Over the past two seasons, they have the seventh best point differential in the NFL, right? So the reality for the Patriots, I think, is two things. Is, first of all, you have this incredible run of success, and if you don't meet that level of, of that, that standard, it just changed. Like, you can't afford to go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and nine, for a couple straight years and expect fans to not become impatient. The other thing that's happened is that the, the landscape has dramatically shifted in the AFC. Think about the AFC East just by itself. I mean, the Patriots certainly don't have the sizzle of the Buffalo Bills roster with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Von Miller, players like that. When the Jets acquire Aaron Rodgers, obviously that roster takes on a different complexion. Dolphins, the Dolphins with Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, right? The Patriots, for so many years, have gotten by not just with, obviously, the greatest quarterback. We can debate that at a different show. Max, no, but, you the know, greatest the quarterback of all time. The most quarterback <laughs> of all time now, right? But also, like, they consistently 
out-schemed you and they consistently got the most out of players, is that enough right now? And I'm not sure that it is. They are the least blue-chip heavy team in the AFC East Who's right the GM? now. GM? Bill Belichick, yeah. Okay, so, of so course, he no, put no. the roster together. By the way, he said this last year before when the Patriots went into this quirky experiment with Matt Patricia as their offensive play caller. He said, everything falls at my feet. Mm-hmm. If this works out, if this doesn't work out, I'm the one who made this choice. Blame me. So, yeah. he made the he made the wrong decision last year. Clearly, right? Um, I think this team is fine. They're solid. Like if 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 they are the worst team in the AFC East next year, where would you go? I'm just curious. Like where would you put them if they were in the NFC South right now? The Saints, know, Panthers, Bucks, and 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 Falcons, right? Like you think to yourself, like maybe win it, right? <laughs> so part of it's the landscape they play in, right? But you have to make you you have to. Think about your strategy differently when you're playing in a different division than you were for 20 years. No longer benefit from a quarterback-less division, which they benefited from for 20 years. It could be the best quarterback division in the the league next year. It seems like it's – I mean, it's it's definitely in the mix. Field Yates, ladies and gentlemen. Cousin Yates. Thank you. A Super Bowl champ is upset with how Creighton-San Diego State ended, and he tells us why next. KJM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. In 10 minutes, a former head coach. A former head coach has an issue with someone on this show. We're going to find out why. Uh-oh. Basketball coach. Mm, College or pro? Chris Canty. I better not have any holes in my sweaters did today. You just and not I did not check. Question? Okay. He just glossed he over just, it, completely he, he ignored it. Sometimes I got him just... that shook, though. I'm, I'm living rent-free in Max Kellerman's head bit, right now. A little, yes, little bit with the yeah. clothes, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Giants whole body. The body just seems right, tight. Just, just tense. No, up. Really? I, yeah, just All right, I'll take Jay's word for it because he Jay stays watching me. All right. Defensive end, Super Bowl champion. And my nemesis, Chris Cantley, Three to seven PM cool. Eastern on ESPN Radio. He said, "Damn, I thought seat. we were cool." Yeah, we are. But you're also a, my. Well, I mean, you're, listen, I wouldn't mess with you if I didn't like you. See, see, that's kind of how it works. I like, like you too. Like, but if, you go, if you go into a locker room and nobody's joning on you yeah. or messing with you, yeah. then you don't, don't matter. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't rock with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rock with you too. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So you got to understand, like that's that's how it goes. You got He's a bad Styles matchup. he said you're you're the 12 seed. He got he got. He's a 12 seed. You don't want to see the bracket, week, I did have my my button. All you the had way a, up. yeah, Debo all the way snuffy. up to the top. Like I went and asked the ladies bit. in the makeup room. They were like, yeah, 
you know, it's giving what? <laughs> you a little snug. What's up, Chris, about man? Your circulation. What's up, Chris? Nothing today. Any, uh, anything wrong with the assessment today on Max's? No. I wasn't thinking I'm Canty pretty... today, but I'm glad I got on jeans and not Capri. Nah, he good. He got All the right. Black Air Force ones on today, so yeah. he's well, cool today. De- these are Kaepernick's. He good. That's dope. They, yeah. they look good. Yeah, They're yeah. nice. I'll tell you who sent them to me, but uh, you don't want to humble brag? Yeah, exactly. Kaepernick sent it. All right, listen. What's up, Chris? Are you in a new Spike Lee doc? I am, yeah. Yeah. Is that going to come out yet? I mean, I, be, I, yeah. I remember so, I, I went over there a couple of times to do yeah, the interviews. Same here. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting on it. Chris, we were talking about it on the way in to the studio just now. What do you think about <laughs> um, the Creighton-San Diego State game, the way it ended? Uh, I had a problem with the, the end of the game from the standpoint of the out-of-bounds play. Like, when they were inbounding the ball after Tramiel hits the second of two free throws, um, it was the jump ball uh, down at uh, Creighton's basket in – for whatever reasons, the officials, after they reviewed it, they said the game was over. And, and I didn't quite understand because when you see the players tip the ball, that's when the game clock starts. The ball lands out of bounds with .3 seconds left on the clock. And the explanation that they gave just didn't pass the smell test for me. They were saying that there was a human error with the operator at the scorer's table when it came to starting the game clock. And I just don't know if you can take those types of liberties under those circumstances. We have the clock for a reason, and, you know, listen, if the, if the game clock didn't start on time, well, that's a part of the human error element in a basketball game that we just have to accept. But I don't understand how you can move the goalposts and change the actual time that the players tipped that ball and called the game over. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I hear you're not me. Point three seconds, you could get a tip in potentially – you know what, though, Jay? And here's just the hearing thing. the reasoning that they said, you know, with the fact here's that it actually thing, though, started. And the guy, it, when you actually saw the replay in slow-mo, it started pretty late. But I do agree yeah. with you on the human error side. Yeah, here's the thing, though, Jay. I mean, there was error to play before, too. San Diego so. State had the possession arrow, and the refs didn't make a call on the court. So, I mean, they, I mean, if they went back and looked at it and said it was too close to call in terms of who it went out of bounds on, then ultimately ends up being San Diego State ball because they got the arrow game over anyway. So, I mean – I don't want to take it too far. I just thought it was weird that they ended the game like that without any call and basically leaving Creighton in limbo. If I was a Creighton player, I would feel away. Now, the foul call, I get why people think it's controversial because the refs didn't call it that way the entire game. They were letting the guys play, which is what I want to see in the Elite Eight. But under the circumstances, like it's clear that that left hand on the body look affected right the look, shot. Look at the little, yeah, the, the little, little shove right. Yeah, the, the left See, hand on the body affected the shot. There's yeah. no doubt about it in my mind. Jay, Jay would know this better than any of us. But he I, claims I just, it didn't. From, 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 from my <laughs> eye, it felt like the left hand affected the shot. Of course, that little shove at the very end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jay, you, let me ask you something, Jay, honestly. Yeah. Is it they ain't calling that up a diaper, though. You wish it didn't happen <laughs> like it's inconvenient? I, look, I'm not. It's pretty clearly Obviously, I'm the only one on this show right now. And I got Yates or other basketball guy, you know, say, oh, it was, a, it was a maul. It got mauled. He didn't get, he didn't get mauled. Okay. We'll have to get and, mauled. And, and, get and you say there was a slight shove at the end. It may look that way, but also, like, there's backing. Like, I'm not saying it's not a foul, Max. All right. Like, you know, everybody gets so sensitive around this subject. Real I'm not saying sensitive. it's not a foul. All I'm saying, though, is if you allowed us to hand-check the entire game, yeah, if you allowed us to be physical the entire game, then all of a sudden with .5 seconds you make that call when there were a lot of other calls People missed. want consistency. It's not the way you've yeah. been calling the whole game. That's all. That's my yeah. point. That's my gripe as a player. That's all. Yeah. Hey, let's say the uh, 
Rodgers deal gets done. Who's the favorite in the AFC East? Oh, it's the Jets. Is there any doubt about that? I mean, if the Jets would have no just— No doubt over the Bills and the Dolphins? No doubt in my mind. Well, first of all, how can you trust the Dolphins? You don't know if the quarterback can stay healthy. 100%. The guy had yeah, three concussions last year. I mean, exactly. listen, and, and they're accumulative. You know, once you start to have one, it's easier to have another one. So it's hard for me to trust them, even though they did get a cable backup in Mike White. And then when you look at the Buffalo Bills, they're too Josh Allen-centric. Until they develop more of a running game outside of him, I can't believe that they can find ways to win games when it matters most. So, yeah, I'm riding with the New York Jets. Because it's a championship-caliber defense. They were top five in yards and points a year ago. And if that offense would have just scored league average 21 points in all of their games, the New York Jets would have went 11-6. and six yeah, They went 5-4 and four with Zach Wilson. They would have the went 11-6 and six and punched their tickets to the playoffs. So why shouldn't I believe them as to be the favorite if they get more than competent quarterback play with Aaron Rodgers? Why? Why, Key? Well, I mean, I'm with Canty. I'm 100%. That's why they want to get the deal done. That's why they want to get the deal done because they believe that Aaron Rodgers can take him to the promised land. But can the guy up, can the guy all the way at the top in the corner at Buffalo? Is his time running out, Josh Allen? What, what, what's happening with him, though, Canty? What, is his what time are we gonna running do? out? Yeah, what, what are we gonna do? Because every year, every year he's the guy. Now, now every year he's the guy. So, what, what is the time running out is that he's gonna be the guy? Is time running out for Josh Allen and Sean McDermott? No. No, time ain't running out. I mean, that, that, think about the consistency that that program has had. Uh, I mean, you're talking about them perennially being in the playoff conversation. Right now, they're the the, the bar or the standard for that division. Um, I, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, they're consistently a double-digit win team. What is it, three consecutive seasons, double-digit wins? I, I, I don't think that they're going anywhere. I can't anticipate them taking a step back because they did lose a lot of pieces, especially well, not on the going, defensive Not side going the anywhere, but I'm talking about the whole the bloom off the road. hype, the, 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 all the, the sex appeal, the sexiness. Aaron Rodgers is now in the division, a healthy tour. They bring back Bill O'Brien in New England. Now, all of a sudden, you lose Leslie Frazier. A few pieces are going to miss on some guys leaving Buffalo. Is, mm-hmm. is it time running out for them to be that challenging Super Bowl contender with Cincinnati. Nah, man, Josh Allen good enough where your window's always open as long as he's healthy. Like, he's that kind of quarterback. Josh Allen is a top five to seven quarterback in the league, and he's the best quarterback in that division. So, no, I I ain't going to say that. And then when you look at Sean McDermott, I mean, you can make a case that right now, the way that he's been coaching the last couple of years, he he might be the guy. Real quick. He might be the guy. We're a little heavy. If Rodgers is in the division, who's the best quarterback in the division? Josh Allen. I agree. Josh Allen. I agree. It's not, a, right. it's not a debate, though. Right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP, but let's be clear. He's not that guy anymore, okay? And, and people take it as a slight or an affront to Aaron Rodgers. It's not. It's just the realities of playing pro football. He's going to be 40 this year, guys. Right. 40. Stop yourselves, man. Like, that's, a, that's a man's game out there, but that's a young man's game. Chris people got to understand that. I, I think different, but that's just me. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you thought that about the New Orleans Saints. Look what that got you last year. Man, they got hurt. You, you want to stop that? You almost made me cuss you out just now. Boy, they got hurt. No, stop. Right. A former head coach has an issue with someone on this show, and I won't mention any names, but it rhymes with Way Williams. Keyshawn <laughs> J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Lee Cassell blew the whistle, and we may have free throws to send San Diego State to the Final Four. I feel like the opportunity was just set there for me. Uh, it was God's timing, and, and just having that confidence that, yeah, I missed the first one, but I definitely wasn't going to miss the second one. It is over. The San Diego State Aztecs, for the first time in program history, will head to the Final Four. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. That's who y'all bringing on the show. I already know what time it is. It was like a Duran Duran comeback song back in the day. Yeah, it's Notorious B-E-R-G. That's who y'all bringing on the show. Seth Greenberg, ESPN college basketball analyst here on KJM. Coach, what's up? What's going on, guys? Let me help you here a little bit, all right? Uh, You know, J. Will, Key, Maxie, the call in the – Creighton San Diego State. And first of all, San Diego State won the game. All right, end of story. Yep. End of conversation. But here's it. You know how many how many free throws were shot in that game total? Mm. Total. Mm-hmm. How many free throws were shot in that game? Both teams. Seventeen. Seventeen. Neither team got in the bonus in the first half. In the second half, all right, that foul was the foul that got basically San Diego State with one second to go into the bonus. A foul was redefined well into that game. A foul was redefined when that game started. All right, so if you redefine a foul in the last play of the game, you can't then just go flip and go back the other direction and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to call the absolutes. I'm going to call the absolutes. I'm going to call his hand was on his hip a little bit. It distracted the shooter. No, you can't make that call. Oh, I you thought can't, you were arguing against the game. Seth, you and I are on the same side here. I know. I, this I told never you, happens you to that. us. It's unbelievable. This never happens to you and I ever. Thank you so much, it's unbelievable. Seth. unbelievable. Seth, I was yelling at the screen watching the game yesterday because of the way of how physical the game was, Seth. And I'm like, oh, good. This is actually as an as a ex-player and somebody watches a lot of college. This is why I want to see. Let the kids determine the game. Let them determine the game. And then when it gets to that critical moment, I'm like, now you call that? That, that, that? The timing of it, that was my whole point to Max. I'm like, sure. And Key, I'm like, sure. You can say it was a foul. I get it. Like, was he mauled? No. Well, what do you mauled? two know about college basketball, for crying out well, loud? Seth, Leave it to the experts did, like did Key that, and me. Did that shove alter the shot? Well, that shove happened for 39 minutes, and it, it altered a lot of shots, Key. I mean, that's the thing. There's got to be consistency. Like, as a coach, you got to know how – once the game starts, the, 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 the officials define how the game is going to be called. And they define that, you know what, they're going to let these two teams to play. You see, here's the deal. I got this from a Final Four official last night after the game. He said, you can't officiate the absolutes, all right, because you've already defined how the game was going to be officiated. What you got to do is you got to have a feel for the game. Overtime is your friend in that situation. Coach, I think and it's a good point about consistency. It's too glaring to me, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it, Coach. It's what about out in the open? It's just—it's not like they're in the in the paint and it's all cloudy. This is in the open at the top. 
and he got by him. So he's he's, wait, he's behind. Wait, wait, him. wait a second. It's in, you know, wait a second. So 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 you're going to redefine a foul, you know, in 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 the in in the lane differently than you're going to read the foul on the perimeter. You're going to no, no. So I'm saying, say, I'm just right, saying, beat the crap out of him in the paint. But you know what, a guy. How about the guy? How about look, Tramel? I love, look. What a great story, kid. You know, transferred, comes in for a year off. San Diego State, five transfers, by the way. There's no McDonald's All-Americans left in the NCAA tournament, just just for a, a little side note. No McDonald's All-Americans, <laughs> no one-and-dones. All right, this, this Final Four is about transfers and four-year guys and one blue blood, UConn. But when when, when Trebell went in there, he gave a little bit of a lean to create contact, which I give him credit for, a smart play. Yeah, was his hand on the tip? Yeah, but his hand. How many shots? I go back and, and I, you know, I probably will today because I have no life and edit out every single shot that was taken in the game. I can guarantee you I can find 10 shots in that game where someone, either team, had a hand on the hip of a shooter. I could find 20 possessions where somewhere where a guy was driving and a guy rode that guy out off his cut. So, look, Sandy was State won the game. I'm happy. I'll tell you, Dutch is a great guy. He's a career coach. His dad was a coach. To me, it's a great story. And they'll be in the Pac-12 next year. Uh Coach, can you find other plays in the game where a dude from behind put his hand? Like, the problem is, it was in, as Key said, it was in plain. I understand what you mean about setting, being consistent. That's what everyone really is asking for from officials. But in this case, with the game on the line in front of everyone, the player is coming from behind, putting his hand on as if he's not in defensive position. Why did you qualify that, the, Why did you qualify that as the I, game on the line? So, oh, the game on the line, you have to call it. But if the game's not on the line, you can let it go. Yeah, I think I do think actually that when more eyes are on the play, there's more pressure on the oh, official Matt to get geez. it right. But, no, but no, coach, beyond that, let, th- my point that I'm making here is that he's behind him on the play. He's not in defensive position. So when you couple that, all eyes on the play, and he gave him a shove at the end, which affected him. Max, he didn't but he's not. A, if he was in defensive position, that'd be one thing. He's behind him. He didn't give him a shove. At hey, the Max, the biggest mistake in that play end. was when the ball came in bounds. You forced the ball back to where it came from on the sideline. All right, and they, he never gets to the middle of the floor. My my complaint on that play is when the ball was inbounded. If you're defending the basketball, Jay, will you know that he's defending the basketball in the outer third of the floor. He's in the, outside the slot. You don't let the ball get to the middle. That's what that was the biggest mistake in that play, and 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 the call. But so he catches the ball there. If you force him back to the sideline, you let him catch it. You force him back to the sideline. He has nowhere to go for six seconds. He has nowhere to go. But he got to the middle of the floor, which created the contact, which made the call. Again, you don't have to officiate absolutes. You got to have a little bit of feel for the game and the history of the game. The history of the game is how the game was officiated. The, the prior 39 minutes, 17 free throws hey. were shot in that game. That's it. Hey, Seth. Totally. Uh, Seth, Seth, I know that you and I always get into, like, the details, even, like, coaching strategies. I, I think there are some, you know, questions we could have about Greg McDermott's strategy. What do you think about the take foul that occurred, like, um, with, with 30 seconds left to go in the game by, by Creighton? Excuse me. I'm sorry. You broke up there, Jay. Well, I'm sorry. No, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you about it later. I'll, I'll talk to you about it off. I'll text you. Offline. We'll have, we'll All right. Yeah, we'll text you. About much more. This Seth Greenberg, brought to you by Wendy's, hey, two for six pleasure. bucks. The best deal in fast food. I figured he what was is the world coming to? Go at you. Oh, my goodness. This Can't believe incredible. you and Coach are arguing oh. against the college basketball experts, me and Keith. How dare you? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 
Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.